Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. If you're in the market for a high-end, well-built, robust guitar cable, look no further than Sinusoid.com. Check out their build-your-own cable, or if you're feeling like you just want to make a quick stop, go straight to their store and look at their signature Slate Series cables. Yeah, if it, if anything, you should go support Sinusoid just because uh, they bought us a crap ton of burritos at NAMM and fed all of our audience that was there, and they're just super cool dudes to hang out with. I was spending a lot of time talking to Andy. He's got some crazy stories. He's worked a lot of different like jobs in uh, the music industry, uh, like doing live sound stuff and doing kind of like different design things like on the back end, and it's uh, he's a cool guy. All those Sinusoid guys are cool guys. We should also thank Barefoot Buttons. Yes. They are all also sponsoring this episode. Uh, they are the Barefoot Buttons of Buttons. Mm-hmm. And right now, if you join the CC Cycle Hum Inner Circle, you get a Barefoot Button. Yeah, you do, with a super secret Inner Circle insignia printed on it. But even if you don't want one of those, go ahead on over to Barefoot Buttons and see how they work. Ryan and I both use them, and we both really like them. They've changed the way that... Uh, we can organize our boards, which when you run a packed board, at least like I do, it's yeah. important. I mean, the one of the key ways I use it, I use one of those tall boys mm-hmm. on my pitchfork, which is in the back row of my pedal board. And I've got the volume pedal in front of it, where before like it would have been impossible for me to engage that pedal without like hitting my volume pedal or doing something weird. Now it's like I can have my foot on the volume pedal and like sneak my toe over and engage it anytime I want. Just sneak it's that just, toe in over you there. Know, I've got pedals next to it. They're real tall. That button's not hiding from me. I'm not having to fight to get my foot down in a crevice. Barefoot buttons. You saved my life. You saved my set. Oh my gosh. You made my music better, barefoot buttons. Thank you. Go check them out, guys. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you're listening to CC Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Podcast. This is a podcast. We're back from NAM, and I'm feeling mostly better. How are you feeling, Steve? I feel pretty good. How- I mean, I wasn't uh, there long enough to get destroyed. You didn't get the NAM thrax? Nah. I was oh, I was recovering from being sick before NAM. Yeah. And kind of dealing with the aftermath of that while at NAM. And then I think I did get a little bit of the NAM thrax after NAM. I had a lump in my throat driving home Sunday. And mm-hmm. then like Monday through Wednesday, I still have that same lump. But now I'm actually feeling pretty good. I feel all right. I'm, I might cough once or twice in, during the day, but it's not like it used to be. I feel like a real human person that's now. good hopefully you don't sound like you're dying as we record this i know we've got two episodes to do tonight um what are we drinking tonight steve you gotta explain um, this situation so we got an email we you mean you no the, it got sent to the podcast did it really yeah i thought it got sent to you like your business account at work um i'll let you tell the story so no this was sent to the 60 cycle hum cast at gmail.com email address and uh, basically, it was an email saying, you know, we're looking for people who are interested in vodka to try this stuff out. And I thought we kind of got it by mistake, but I emailed them back and I said, hey, we're a guitar podcast. We have a, a modest size following, uh, but we do drink on the show and we will talk about your vodka on the show if you'd like. So this is from, um, I think this is pronounced Bellion. Uh, How did they find wrong. us? I don't know. Weird. Um, and it's, it says it's vodka infused with natural flavors. It's a 80 proof vodka. Um, and they describe it as vodka evolved. It's infused with natural flavors and created with NTX. So what NTX is, I did some reading on it. Um, NTX is a proprietary blend of, uh, glycerin, which is just a fancy word basically for licorice root extract. I wish I had just said I remember. that. Uh, mannitol, uh, and potassium sorbate. And the idea, which they can't put on their bottle, but I read a bit a bit about the technology, is that this uh, 
proprietary blend, uh, NTX, is supposed to... Um, I don't know if it's supposed to break it down or if it's like a coating or, or if it's binding or what, but it's supposed to um, make it so the vodka does less damage to your liver. Less damage. Less damage. Okay. Now, they can't make this claim on bottles because that you can't, especially with alcohol, you can't just make claims. Right. Like you can't make health claims. It's it's illegal. But they're actually trying to get this technology uh, from what I was reading. Uh, Even though we all know that Coors will make you more manly. Yeah. Um, they're trying to get this uh, stuff approved uh, or at least looked into uh, by the FDA. So they're actually like this is uh, this blend is actually something that they're they're trying to get um, like some, some like it's the guy who made it is like a, this uh, bio guy. Right. In, in That's New why York. I assumed it was through your work like you. And so it's. There's like actual research behind it from what from again from what I was reading. Uh, I think there's just kind of because of the way that market works. Um, so we we tried it anyway. We tried it neat, uh, or rather on ice. Yeah, I was I was sipping it as it is. I'm not a big vodka fan. Like it just tastes kind of off putting to me. And I like I like like brown liquors. I guess is what I would say. I like whiskeys and scotches and bourbons and stuff like that. Yeah. I like brandy, you know. Uh, I like tequila too. Uh huh. I basically just don't like gin and vodka. Yeah. Um, well, I'll take that back. I've had gin that I like. Well, I you, just don't like vodka. You've got this stuff. We got this stuff. And, I just poured, and you pulled out some Smirnoff. And I think one thing about the belly end that I will say is it's real smooth. It's much smoother going down your throat than the uh, Smirnoff. It's for got sure. kind of an interesting flavor to it that I think is a little bit sweet and a little bit. Uh, medicinal, but I guess in the way that like Jaeger is medicinal, so I don't really mind yeah. it too much. I just mixed it with squirt. I'm not sure I like it. Have you drank other vodkas with squirt before? No. So you might just not like vodka with squirt. That's a good point. Ooh, that's rough for me. I might not. I you know, sorry to these guys who sent the vodka. I think I'm just not a vodka guy. We should have had Adam on the show. Does Adam drink a lot of vodka? Adam's a vodka boy. Really? Yeah. Well, you can save the rest of that bottle. I'm not in any hurry. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll have Adam over and we'll do a little vodka sode, and I'm, he can tell me that I'm dumb for not liking I'm it. I'm doing... I'm, well, like I said, there is, a, there is a sweetness to it that does seem a little out of place, but well, it's, I was, I it's was not sick. as sweet because I've had um, like the Smirnoff... Marshmallow, you just said it was whatever. Ginger ale. Let me try it with ginger ale. I've done like the Smirnoff marshmallow thing or whatever. Like yeah, that's Smirnoff is, cream. That stuff is weird. That's really sweet. This is not as sweet as that. Um, I wonder if that's the mannitol. I like it with ginger because ale. Because mannitol is a sugar. Um, it's it actually like has, a diabetic sugar. It still has that aftertaste, like that saccharin feel to it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to last on this. Yeah, I don't mind it. All right, you drink it, Steve. I'll figure out something. I would definitely else say during the course of the night. Um, if you were to see, see this stuff in stores, I don't know if it's available in stores. It might not be. Yeah. But if you see it in stores, um, this is a clear bottle, black labeling. I like the labeling. I like this yeah, r- rubber real, thing on the front. It's a real chill bottle. You know, really uh, great bottle. It is. No, I like it. I, I like it. It's, I like the design. I like the look. No, it of looks it. cool. It feels nice in your hand. It's got the, it's ru- the label. The label is rubbery, but uh, it feels like you're not going to drop it when you're on the football field, like hanging out with with your what? pros. Is that a thing? Like when you're playing volleyball out in the sun, you're not going to drop this. Is that is that a thing? Because it's like you're holding it and it's got the rubber grip on there. How are you going to hit the ball if you're holding a bowl of vodka? Uh, you're mixing the drinks for the guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're not you're not uh, you're not hitting the ball when you got this. Anyway, people, people um, look at you like that's that guy. He's got the most important job out here at the at the volleyball match. He's you know making what? drinks. I, I actually, I you know what? I remember reading that they're they're doing limited release in certain states. And I, I don't oh, okay. think it comes is really going to hit stores until February, but. If you see it, I would say, I don't know what the price is going to be, but if you're vodka curious, yeah, uh, if you're if you're willing to take a risk, it's not. It's definitely smoother than Smirnoff, but it's also tastes a lot different than Smirnoff. It, it has more of a sweetness to it, but like I said, it doesn't really taste like a like a candy vodka, like a like no, a, no. 
one I'd of s- the flavored Smirnoffs. I'd say if you're the kind of person who's fine with the, the taste of like a diet soda versus a regular soda, like this is going to hit your palate just it's fine. like diet vodka. You think this is like diet vodka for you? That's the, like, fla- that's how that's you the flavor it. I'm getting. It's like the same aftertaste that you get from like a diet soda. Right. That's but fair. It's not, I'm not saying that this is as sweet as a soda. Right. I'm saying you get that, that kind of like mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. That's just my takeaway. It might honestly just be because I'm not a vodka drinker and it just doesn't, it's just not my thing. Yeah, I would be interested in seeing how that sweetness behaves with like, in like a screwdriver situation. Yeah, because then you have the acids coming in and there's a lot, a lot of sugar and orange juice like just yeah. taking over. Or a white Russian situation. Yeah, yeah. But we're not equipped for that today. Nope. Maybe uh, in a couple weeks we might revisit or mm. the bottle might be gone. <laughs> Nobody knows. Well, if you leave it here, I don't think the bottle will be on by then. Okay. If you take it home, I, I, I'm not going to tell you what to I'm do. I'm not going to take it home. I, I, uh, just because I, I think it would get more use here. Okay. At a future party. Okay, parties. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So. I got gotcha. you. Maybe we'll do a live podcast next time we have a party. Like, hey guys, drink this. Tell us what you think. Yeah, this is a lot of uh, vodka talk. It for is. A, Welcome to sixty seconds. Normally, beer. The uh, distilled spirits group. podcast, where we talk and review, talk about and review distilled spirits that have a scientific edge to them. Yep. All right, yeah. uh, let's hit some ads. This first well, ad. Steve, aren't you going to ask me? Aren't you going to ask me what's new, Steve? Oh, Ryan, what's new? Aren't you, Steve? Don't you care about what's going on in my life? Nope. What's new in my life, Steve? Ryan, what's new in your life? Well, I have been going on this adventure the past couple of weeks trying to get a Dunlop Mini uh, volume slash expression pedal. Uh-huh. I ordered one on eBay. Yeah. And uh, this was before Christmas, I think, that I ordered it. And uh, I had that big freak out because, like, oh, no, I sent it to the person who scammed me. My address is in there wrong. Yeah. On my PayPal. I wrote the guy. I was like, please don't send it there. They wrote back right away. And it's like, oh, we won't. Uh, but we, we're not shipping anything out until after the new year. Yeah. Like we're taking a week and a half off for you know family time. I was like, that makes okay. total sense. I admire that. You guys are cool. I get it. Uh, week after New Year's, I write them. Hey, guys, when are you going to ship this? Mm-hmm. No, re- no reply after like five days. I write them again. Hello, anybody there? No response. I write them the day after that. Uh, are you going to send it or not? No response. So the next day I file a thing with eBay and it's like, I just want these guys to contact me. Yeah. And then I had to wait like seven days for that to go through for eBay to give them a grace period to contact me back. And they right. never did. Um, the day that that came that I was allowed to like take it farther was the day that I arrived at NAM, so I didn't get to do anything then. Mm-hmm. Come back from NAM, see that things haven't changed, finish filing my grievance with eBay. They fix me up like within two hours and like here's your money back. These guys are losers. Your order is canceled. So then at that moment I put in a new order with a different seller. Yeah. For another Dunlop Mini. Mm-hmm. Arrives on my doorstep three days later. Wow. I know. So I went from not being able to get a pedal for a month okay. to getting one three days later. It showed up today, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, I got to put it through its paces a little bit. It's fun. Cool. I like it. I finally got it. Great. It's replacing my, uh, my Morley Mini uh, volume. How much smaller is it? It's pretty small. It's about the size of like a boss pedal. Really? Yeah, it's pretty small. Like It, it fills the same kind of uh, real estate as like a boss pedal would. But uh, it feels fine under my foot. No, I feel like I need to get one because I, you know, I, we matched for at, so long. At the time, we well, the, I don't even have a volume pedal on my board right now. Oh, you don't? You no, took it off? I took it off. I took it off to make room for the pog for the micro pog. Oh, okay. And because uh, I didn't want to change my drive section at all, right? So uh, something had to something had to give. So and I haven't, you know, I haven't been playing guitar a ton lately. Um. So, I was kind of on the fence. Like, do I want? Do I need a volume pedal? Do I? Do I not need one? Can I just get away with using a, a volume knob for a while? You know, I, I don't know. So, did I say volume pedal? Yeah, I don't know. I meant volume knob. I was pouring the rest of the squirt into ice. So, 
Yeah, so I was so yeah, I, haven't, I just haven't had one for a while, but in theory, the idea of a boss-sized pedal, volume pedal, how's the sweep on it? It's really wide, really big physical cool. sweep. Um, the the issue with the Morley's that is common is that it's a uh, it's an audio uh, taper, right on the uh, on the sweep of it. So it's like it's this big square wave where like your your classic like Ernie Ball Junior, you know, volume right. pedal is a linear sweep where it's a big right. smooth sweep. Uh, so this has a big smooth well, sweep. The, mo- it's the Morley doesn't really like have it doesn't even actually have a sweep it's just a light but i know what you mean it's, it's like got a, a jump on it there's a keyhole in there and they yeah. cu- they cut it into be a big square instead of cutting it into be gradual right and i modified mine a little bit i got in there and scraped it out and made it a little bit smoother but it's always been like most of the action happens in the middle of the play of the pedal. how much is the mini x 100 bucks Okay, I'm trying to. I think I paid sixty for my volume yeah. pedals. So. I uh, yeah, I didn't. I that is gonna hurt. Yeah, but I'm planning on trying to sell my Morley. I'll probably get forty bucks for it or something like that. Right. Um, but then I also got it because it has expression capabilities. Yeah, and I wanted to have a mini expression around and for like attaching to things. Um, so that was kind of the big motiva- motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh. What's nice about it too is it has a tension adjustment on it, so you can make it really light and flappy, or okay. you can really crank it down and make it really stiff if you want. So you can kind of get close to that Ernie Ball feel. We've got that real stiff, smooth, mm-hmm. like physical. Yeah, response. that is like the nice thing I think about. The, I always felt like the Ernie Ball ones are very. They had a very uh, tactile feedback. Yeah. To them. Um. But yeah, like I said, I'm not. I'm, I haven't been using a volume pedal. Yeah, but I haven't. If you I don't think, need it, then you don't need it. I think I may have only taken my board out like once in the last month and a half too. So oh, really? Just haven't been playing a lot. Okay. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I've been having having fun messing with stuff, playing pedals. I got to. I got to demo that. Uh, that small sound, big sound mini today. Yeah. Uh, so I recorded that. I don't know when I'll have that demo it's up. It's an overdrive. Um, it's a lot of things. <laughs> it's Do you know a, about it? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's actually not an overdrive. It's got it's got it's is is I think in the description is a JFET distortion or JFET overdrive. Right. Uh, it's got a gate. It's it, it's you got can a do gate. gated, so it kind of does the whole range. But the range on the gain knob is crazy yeah it, I, I played around with uh the big sound small sound stuff small sound big sound stuff at nam in 2016 so it uh i remember this pedal on the it's on the super cool the very left of the gain knob you basically are into kind of like clonish like super clean transparent no drive at all like boost right. territory with some eq control mm-hmm. and then you turn the gain all the way to the right it's full on like crazy fuzz. You're right, and you have everything in between. I was I was pretty shocked when I plugged it in today. I was like, "This is a wild pedal." And then the the it's a bias knob, right? The bias knob like yeah takes you from like smooth overdrive to like gated fuzz glitchy, distortion, fuzz, glitchy yeah. weird stuff. I was kind of I was kind of taken back by it. It's it's a fun pedal. Who won that thing? Um, I have to look through it again because one of the pedals was won by, uh, so Ryan Sylvester got the old blood noise headphone amp and then he got one other pedal and I forget which one the other pedal was. It's either. It's a kleptonite. It's it's the kleptonite. Did he win the kleptonite? I think so. Oh, I forget which one of them. Uh, basically it's whatever the cheaper is of the two actual effects right is paired with the headphone amp gotcha gotcha i need to demo the clip tonight next because that thing is wild too another yeah, another great ton big of options of on fuzz it. i don't understand what all the knobs do on that thing i need to go read a manual for yeah it. i definitely would because i the thing i was reading a little bit on it was how like of at least a couple of the knobs they're not zero to 12 they're like zero mi- in the middle they're like minus 12 to zero to plus 12 yeah so it's kind of interesting yeah 
All right, well, should we uh, jump into this ad? We should. This first ad is... You found uh, this ad, Steve. I did. You found an ad? Um, this is a pedal haul, potentially. Um, it's a EHX. It just says, make me a reasonable offer on any or all. No trades. So it's an EHX Holy Grail. Um, two the tube, old big box style. Yeah, the old big box one. Two tube screamers, a TS5 and a TS9. The older, the red, basically the older, the red box uh, Seymour Duncan pickup booster, uh-huh. Boss CE3, a Boss RV5, and a DoD FX25. Um, I This got flagged up just because I was like, hey, I think if I could get the right price on this, I could possibly flip it. Uh, so I emailed the guy earlier today. I haven't heard back from him. I have a really small operating window. It's like three days old. So, I mean, he could have. It could be gone right now. He, she could have sold it and just or not parted, updated their ads. Or, yeah. So, I basically, I just sent an email and said, would you do 150 bucks for all of them? Then, you know, they could just say, this guy is definitely trying to lowball me. So, I'm not even going to bother responding. Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility, too. And that is a pretty. Uh that's pretty low, Steve. Yeah, it's basically uh, twenty, like twenty, almost twenty five dollars a pedal, less than twenty five dollars a pedal, like twenty two dollars a pedal. So they, it's definitely low, but you know, a couple of those pedals, the FX twenty five and the TS five, are like twenty twenty five dollar pedals. Yeah, but the, then isn't the digital reverb in that chorus kind of pricey? The, Digital, I know you can get at least like sixty five for that holy grail. The digital reverbs, I think, like sixty to eighty. The chorus is like forty to sixty. I want to say uh, the yeah, the holy grail is like forty to sixty, kind of in that ballpark. Are those do those boosters go for cheap or do those go for? I'm, they money go. Now? They're pretty cheap. Like everything, nothing in this is like a surefire. Right. More than probably, I'd say that. I think. Probably the two most valuable pedals in the set are the RV5 and the Tube Screamer. And if I got top dollar for both of them, that might be $150 between the two. And then the rest is gravy. And then everything else is like, yeah, everything else is gravy. But like the the Holy Grail, again, like the price range is kind of low on that. I kind of just looked at it uh, from the perspective of if I averaged $30 – how low would I want to, like, how little would I want to pay for this? Right. If on a resale, I could just, like, quick sell. And there are people on our Facebook group who, when I posted this ad, were like, oh, if you get this, like, let me know. I'll buy something off of you. Right, right. Well, I want to buy that envelope filter. Right. Which is, that's, like, 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. I should, just if you don't get this, I should probably just buy one. Based on how much feelings of want I have. Yeah, why do you want this? I don't get it. I've kind of into envelope effects lately huh like i've got the night wire that i have a lot of fun with and i've been kind of like eyeing all these other envelope effects i kind of want to explore them a little bit well that's fair you can uh I, there's this paddle called the dr green envelope oh shut up uh base nothing's, envelope thing. nothing's terrible <laughs> we saw that on a shelf at nam at the ashdown yeah apparently booth. ashdown is still producing them which is just crazy i do not understand i wish we had interviewed someone at that booth about the pedal like explain this to me they had like a base base guy going because ashdown's primarily a bass amp company at this point uh-huh uh they do have a couple guitar amps but they're mostly known for the bass stuff and yeah, I kind of had the same feeling where I wanted to be like, "Hey, uh, you can you plug this in and like show me how it works?" Like, yeah, <laughs> show so me like, some stuff. Yeah, explain it to me because we don't get this pedal. We did a demo of this pedal a while back. A while back, I'm talking weird tonight. Probably this weird vodka that we're drinking. Um, <laughs> um, and it is just. A pedal I can't describe. I can't understand it. It sounds like it's broken when you're using it. Yeah. The only other demo online also sounds like it's broken. So it's not user error. There's something up with the pedal. It's It's a really odd pedal. I want someone who made it to explain to me what the purpose was, what they were trying trying to get at. Because it's not like a standard envelope filter pedal, which is what it claims to be. Yeah. I wonder if it's supposed to be for something... 
an effect like so subtle that it's just lost on us. Like, right. Oh, this is for bassists who are really just trying to roll back like this one frequency or something like that. It's, I don't it's know. weird. It, it didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. No, it's, it's totally bananas. Uh, so should we, uh, talk any more about this? Steve is walking out of the room. He's abandoned me. He's getting in his car. He's driving away. I actually don't. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to pause this, and when Steve gets back, uh, he'll recap what's going on. He was looking at his phone like he needs to write somebody. Okay, Steve is back. Steve, what were you doing in your absence? No, taking care of some business. Just taking care. Yeah, taking care of business, huh? Yeah, working overtime. Oh, cool. Really cool, Steve. Yep. Really neat the way you just stood up and walked away while I was talking to you. <laughs> I, I gave you a hand gesture. <laughs> yeah, Steve did get, did give me a hand gesture as he was walking out of the room, and it was super rude. <laughs> In my own garage, Steve, you give me that hand gesture? All, all right. Um, so this week, since we got one, we're going to hit up these... Uh, the February 2017 issue of Guitar World magazine. This is from the future. We got this. Uh, we got this when we were at Nam. We're not really probably going to talk about Nam too much this episode since we yeah, inundated you guys with Nam content last week. But we'll just open with that that we got this at Nam. These were sitting out in stacks out in the front lobby, and uh, Aaron Abubo and I saw them and grabbed them. And uh, Steve got Aaron's copies because they got left in your car. Is that what happened after we dropped off Aaron? You got the rained on versions. Mine are all minty. I did, I did. Mine are all rained on. Well, only one of them was. So I put I put, uh, I put Buddy Guy up in the rain to so I could preserve uh, Annie Clark. <laughs> um, so my thought on these was like I haven't looked at guitar magazines in like forever. Yeah, like a super long time. I don't think I've looked in a guitar magazine since I worked in a bookstore. <laughs> right. I think the last time I. I bought a guitar magazine. I worked in a grocery store. Last time I bought a guitar magazine was never. You just steal them, huh, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it would be fun kind of, kind of flip through them uh, and just see w- if anything is new or different or like what sticks out. But uh, obviously the thing with this guitar world is that it does have Annie Clark on the front uh, holding her guitar yeah, for Ernie Ball. This is the uh, the... The white St. Vincent signature, which I believe this is the one that she refers to as the thin white Duke. Oh, really? She has a yeah. name for him? Uh, which is a reference, which is a reference to um, David Bowie. Oh, okay. So. You know, it does seem like a very David Bowie-ish guitar. Like, I could have seen him playing this guitar. Right. For sure. Um, something that's really fun about the cover is Guitar World is the magazine that did the bikini model covers on their on their buyer's guide, right? Yeah. So this is Guitar World. They've got her on the front. She's wearing one of those like touristy, like beach town novelty shirts that has like mm-hmm. a cartoon picture of a bikini lady as yeah. the body. So she's wearing that on the cover of this thing. It's obviously like her poking fun at the magazine. Yeah. And they make this statement how like, oh, years ago we did this thing, but it's like, I think the most, the last time that they did it was in like 2015. So it wasn't that long ago. It was just over a year ago, if not less than a year ago. No, I'm looking at their website right now and the 2016 one, which was the one that you photoshopped your head onto. Right. Came out in July, 2015. It was way less than a year ago. No, that's, that's. Oh, 15? 2015. So okay. that's like a year and a half it ago. It was a year and a half ago. I thought you meant 16. Um, so yeah, recent history. But yeah, I, I was looking at the covers like, I wonder if they're aware of this. I wonder if they, yeah, and, and they, they, make they acknowledge that she's poking fun at them. The first paragraph of the article, they acknowledge like, oh, we stopped doing this some time ago, but the internet never forgets. Yeah. They like feign like she did research and found out that they used to do this. Dude, she probably a hundred percent knew that. She probably Guitar saw, World she probably has been doing this saw the one that uh, Lance from Gear Talk mocked up, saying like, yeah, "Why maybe. don't they put a real female who plays guitar on the cover instead exactly. of instead of people who don't hold?" But anyway, uh, if you want to hear us rant about that, it's probably in an old episode. Yeah, from probably a hundred episodes some, ago. Somewhere, no, literally, it probably is uh, a year and a half about. 
70 episodes ago. <laughs> I love that I was able to join you on the 70. So, yeah, so that's the cover. But, you know, you get in and right away, like, these magazines exist for ads. Oh, 100%. Uh, the first four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, who do we got The first here? eight pages are ads. We got PRS. We got Ernie Ball. We have Eddie Van Halen well, here. How do you, what do you think about that, Ernie, that Eddie Van Halen? Have you touched one of those? No. Garbage. Really? Total garbage. Well, they have a Dan Electro headstock on it, so that, right. I mean, I guess that makes well, sense. It's, it's this recreation of one of his like early guitars that had a Dan Electro neck on a star-shaped body. Right. Uh, I've touched a few of the Eddie Van Halen branded guitars at the Guitar Center. None of them have impressed me. Really? They all, they all feel like really cheap cash grabs. Like none of them feel great to me. Maybe someone else there, someone else out there has a, another opinion, but I was not impressed at all by that guitar. You know what? I like this on page fourteen. They've got a th- section that says, uh, "Got a tattoo of your favorite band or guitarist you want to share with us? Send a photo of your ink to soundingboard at guitarworld.com, and maybe we'll print it or post it on our Facebook page." Uh, we threw this out there before, uh, but if you get a sixty cycle hum tattoo, we'll send you a T-shirt. And some stickers. Did we throw that out? Because I remember Daniel Tyak of Salvage Custom saying on our group somewhere, I don't know if this offer still stands, but he said if someone got a 60 cycle home tattoo, he would send them a petal. A, a petal. A petal? Was it an LA metal? He didn't he didn't say which one. Anyway, I was thinking if you got a 60 cycle home tattoo, you should send it to sounding board at guitarworld.com and see if they'll uh, print it or put it on their Facebook page and be like, this is my tribute to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar podcast. So here, here's a little critique I have. I mean, basically, I would just want to like ego step all over the magazine. Yeah, I don't and know be really like, why you want to do this. And be but. like how much better podcasts are than magazines. Oh my but gosh. you look at their, their sounding board is like, where people can have well, it's com- their letters to the editor. People can have comments on on the content of the magazine. There's one, two, three, four, five, six comments here. Listen, guys, you get on our Facebook group, you can put six comments just by yourself. You can put comments all day long. We're not going to limit how many comments per month there are. You can. There's cheers in here, and there's jeers. There's only one cheer, one jeer. You can give us unlimited yeah. jeers. The on jeer our Facebook is group. because somebody was offended by profanity in the title of the holiday issue, uh, the holiday issue woodshed. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know what that means. Who I didn't, cares? I didn't read it. Who cares? Uh, reader art. There's two drawings here. You guys can post reader art all you want on our Facebook group. We will never stop you. We're reader gonna art. Limit, we're gonna oh, lead it, it to two. I mean, it's decent art. One's. Like a re, like a pencil recreation of a picture of Kurt Cobain, and the other one's a pencil recreation of a picture of Ed Sheeran. That one's more arty, though. Uh, the Kurt Cobain one is just like it's just very. I Kurt looked Cobain. at a photo really hard, you know. Right. All right, uh, tune up, Steven Univers- Steven's Universe. It's about some producer. I don't know. Uh, there's an article about the She Rocks Awards, which we get a million emails for. Uh, every year, and I still have no idea what it is. I guess yeah, they give uh, awards to Etnam? women. Women and, get awards, which is like a. I guess they said they'll order. They uh, this year they were honoring Lita Ford, uh, Esperanza Spalding, and Shirley Manson. Manson, Shirley Manson, Shirley Manson. You get it Shirley right, Shirley Manson. You get it right. Uh, That's garbage. My, that was my and, girlfriend when I was fourteen. And speaking of garbage, here's a commercial from Subway. Oh my gosh. Deep cut about someone that uh, we know in person, and no one's going to get that on the show, yep. Steve. That's one of my favorite all-time uh-huh. radio jokes. Uh, I keep looking at this ad for Ovation Guitars mm-hmm. that says black is the new black. I do not understand why the picture is split down the middle and then offset like that. I don't. Oh, there we go. I found it. Like, what are they trying to communicate? This is really just a graphic design rant at this point. I don't know. I guess you ha- you have to go to the website to find out. That is stupid looking to me. Who cares? Uh, it seems like there's a lot of lady content in this magazine. Yeah? Uh, the here's, Regrets? Here's an article about some band from ladies. In LA Garage Rock? I wonder if they're trying to make up for their sins and they feel awkward since they have Annie Clark on oh, the cover. Oh, here's an article from uh, about Buzz Osborne from the Melvins. Yeah. I feel like we need to find some real nitty-gritty content There's in here. There's no nitty-gritty content and in here. And that's really my critique of the magazine, oh Steve. Oh, my gosh. It's, while I was looking through it earlier, it seems like it's 
it's Musicians World magazine, Guitarists World magazine. It's not about guitars. It's about right bands. Well, of, of it's course. about musicians. The, well, so here's the deal, right? This magazine's eight bucks a pop, and it's it's ha- at least half ads. Yeah. Um. And and ultimately, like that's I guess that's the problem with this, and you know that's that's the. That's the problem with print media is print media ultimately relies on selling advertising space in between articles. We haven't, at least I haven't read any of these articles, so I can't say that any of them are good or bad. I'm definitely interested in reading this, uh, the interview that they did with Annie Clark uh-huh. from St. Vincent. But then, you know, there's also stuff in here where I don't, I always wonder who the target audience is because DeMar- be tough. DeMarzio put in three... Almost consecutive pages of ads featuring Phil Collin, yeah, uh, who was from Def Leppard, Mike Dawes, who's from Dawes, or is it just Mike Dawes? Maybe he's just Mike Dawes. Mike Dawes from Mike Dawes, and Steve Vai from uh, from, from Steve, Steve Vai. <laughs> so, uh, and then that's followed with some guy uh, Donnie Little. I'm not sure who Donnie Little is. But uh, he's apparently repping the Yamaha Rev Star. You know what the big difference between uh, this guitar world and the guitar world of my youth is that the sheet music in the back is printed on regular magazine paper versus like newspaper. Yeah, new- I wonder why that is. is that, it actually feels like it is slightly different grade than the rest of the magazine, but it's not in the newspaper. There's also I'm actually kind of curious. There is like this. Like get better in a year calendar thing here with different lessons for each month. Oh yeah, I feel like I should go through that. There's definitely content in here. Like there's I, some actual musical content in here, which I I'm excited to explore that part. I'm just not excited about articles, and this might just be, just be me and the way that we organize our show and our media. Is that everything we do is about the gear, right? And so much of this content is just about like the musicians. Well, some yeah, but there are interviews with musicians and like a lot of. You know, I'm in this back section now, and there's a lot of gear in here. They talk about uh, the this Marshall amp, um, the Marshall Code series. They talk about the Earthquake or Avalanche run. Are we? Am I being too hard um, on the magazine? Is it? They magazine talk about good? the they talk about the Ernie Ball Expression Drive and Expression Delay. So there is like there is gear stuff in here. I think you're coming at this like. You're looking for stuff to nitpick. I hate. I just hate this magazine. I just want to pick on it. That's what um, I'm doing, right? I feel like some. I mean, some of this stuff. I don't even know what I would do. With this. There's a riff that is. Um, <laughs> it's a song in drop B. It's a periphery song, <laughs> and it's exploring twelve eight meter and quote prayer. Position. This is uh, an article by Mark Holcomb of the band Periphery. So, like, all of a sudden, like, I'm looking at this and I'm already like, this isn't 12 8 times, so I'm already lost. <laughs> and then I look at it, it says drop B tuning down one whole step. So, low to high, it's AGC, you tune your guitar AGC FAD. Sheesh. Um, so, actually, I'm kind of interested in hearing what, what, uh, this. Riff is supposed to sound like oh, there's a video lesson, so that's cool. Um, they've got another piece in here that's like a jazz, uh, jazz blues kind of a thing. Uh, there's the next page has uh, Alex Skolnick, who I I should know who that is, but my brain's not working. In the uh, back, in the back here, they oh, have, he was the original lead guitarist for Testament. In the back here, they have two pages called Product Profile. Uh-huh. That for the most part is the collect a collection of like the dumbest like most gimmicky stuff that yeah. we make fun of. The Andy Allidort, uh has a piece that's uh, a tribute to Albert Collins, so that's cool. So right here we got the guitar grip. It's a guitar wall hanger that looks like a skeleton hand made out of metal, starting at fifty five dollars. Guitargrip.com. We got Stratocaster replacement blocks. From, from FU Tone, FU Tone, FU Tone. That guy's actually uh, he's uh, I I know that guy. We he's got a, he's a cool guy. We got Shredneck. You know that guy personally? Not personally, but like Fu-tone? I know him online. He's a cool guy. We got Shredneck. Uh, these are little guitars 
next for practicing on, I guess. Yeah. Option knob. They're $130, these shred necks. I feel like you should just buy... A mini guitar? A neck. Like, just buy a regular neck. But then you can't string it. How do you string Are a neck? Are these in tune? Yeah. How can they be intonated? I don't know. They're Because they're only like seven frets. No, these... I don't understand how that... I guess it, I guess it works. I guess it makes sense. But I mean, how far can your intonation go off in seven frets? I just don't... I don't get the whole thing of like, oh, here's a thing so you can hold a neck and practice without playing guitar. Like, just bring a guitar with you. I don't know. Hey, here's another thing. Uh, this uh, pickup mounting system that is a like a direct mount uh, that's supposed to increase... It's a oh, it adds like a bell brass bottom to all your pickups. Right. So like you connect instead of connecting your pickup to a pickup ring, you connect it to this brass thing that's connected direct to the body. Right. I've heard people talk about this before, where it's like, oh, direct connect the pickup to the body, and then you're going to get different resonance. I mean, I think these product profiles are just. I could be wrong, but they just look pretty much like ads. Well, he's got the option. This has got the option knob here. With we picked those up the first year of yeah, Nam, and I could never get them onto a pedal that made sense for me. Right, and it just seemed like it always got in the way. They've got monster grips, uh-huh. which are like these gel stickies you put on your picks, so you don't drop your picks. Right. I think. You know, what? I'll say uh, that one of the transcriptions in here is. Um, I'll have to kind of mess around with it and see what happens. Maybe if I can. The only focus. song I know is is the Chili Peppers one, right? And that's actually a song that I would be interested in, like sitting down with and trying to figure out because guitar or bass. Uh, well, there's is there a bass here? I don't know. Oh, there is bass. So actually, that's super. That's cool too. So there's both guitar and bass, and uh, bass for sure. That would be a cool thing to to figure out. Uh, if I could figure I that out, I never thought I'd live to see the day that Steve would be would be slapping it up like Flea, playing a Chili Pepper song. I guess there's a first time for everything. There you go. I've, I've, uh, you know, you're Fle- you're pretty funky. Flea has good riffs. You're pretty he funky, has good riffs, Steve. Even though, like, a lot of the times, like Red Hot Chili Peppers music overall, I'm just kind of like, eh. yeah. Like, if I if I distance myself from the fact that it's red hot chili peppers, like I enjoy, I enjoy a lot of the stuff Flea does. Red hot chili peppers is their finished product is like, you hear the phrase greater than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. Red hot chili pepper songs are lesser than the sum of its parts. <laughs> like you take the bass lines and you're like, Oh, this is really, this is a really hot bass line. This is a really great bass line. You take the guitar parts. Oh, these are really great guitar parts. Then you put it all together put those vocals and everything else in there and the songwriting and you're like, wow, this is not as good as the parts. Right. It kind of, it, I mean, I, I can kind of see that. I, I really like uh, Frusciani's guitar playing. Oh, I yeah, mean, of course. It's very it's very rhythmic. Well, he's not even in there anymore, is he? Uh, he is for that song. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's true. Well, That's a good point, Steve. Well, I think we've burned up a bunch of time just talking yeah. about the stupid magazine. Uh, you know what? Let's go back. Uh, let's get back to our uh, another ad. Well, what do you think about this Phase 95 on the back of the magazine? It's a miniature Phase 90. It's, I guess it's a mix. between. Oh, it's got three modes. Yeah, it, it can be a, a 95 and it can be a 45, I think. is. Yeah, it's a 4590 or apparently uh, there's a script switch. Right. I think they look pretty cool. I think it looks like a great product. Like... One knob fuzz, but then they've mixed like a bunch of their f- most famous one knob. Right. I said one fuzz, knob, I meant one phaser. Knob phaser. They've mixed a bunch of their famous one knob phasers into one mini pedal. Yeah. And it just makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. So that's yeah. my takeaway on the Guitar World magazine. Um, let's hit our regular ads. Yeah, this one's from uh, Tony Anastasio. Uh, I think he's uh, Trey's brother. Um, I mean, if you're not Trey's brother, that's fine too. You can still hang out with yeah. us. Uh, he sent us a bunch of ads uh, recently, but this one is um, an Epiphone slash Gibson mini guitars to asking two hundred fifty dollars. Um, four hundred for both for each. There are two. For both. There are two of them. Yeah, these are the mini uh, Epiphone Les Pauls. So they're single pickup, single knob, but. 
They are Mickey Mouse, too many Mickey Mouse guitars with Bowdy powered amps and soft cases. So I don't know if this was, I don't think this is custom. I think this is like something that was produced. Yeah. They have Mickey Mouse shaped pit guards. You know, it's funny. I didn't even like catch that they were Mickey Mouse until I read it in the description. And there's something clever about these I want to point out. Mm-hmm. The knob is definitely the nose, right? Uh, it's like in the right spot to be the nose. If it's not, it's pretty close. It's pretty damn close. They really nailed that part of I, it. I appreciate. I can appreciate that the pit guard is cut around the neck. The inlays are also Mickey Mouse. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, you can't, can't even reverse in, this. You can't see it in this picture, but the inlays are actually well. I mean, but it kind of like the pattern kind of disappears. Like if you're looking at the black, it just looks like a like kind of almost like a tribal pattern going yeah, around it. Yeah. I didn't even like I said, I didn't even notice that it was a Mickey thing. I guess if you're looking at the inlays, then you're gonna catch that. But I just thought this ad was kind of cute. I think this person's probably like a defunct retailer or something like that. Because who else I have is gonna no have no idea? Who else is gonna have two of these things? Or they, they you know they stole them off the back of a truck or something like For that. For sure. There's there's something a little odd about it. But overall, I mean, I thought it was. Pretty good execution. I think the price is too much. Yeah. Like, you can go get a Strat Pack for 150 bucks or something like mm-hmm. that. Full-size guitars with, you know, like a, a mini amp. Uh, you get the mini amps with these, and they're not even mini-themed. Right. That's a Disney joke. Oh, gosh. Like Minnie Mouse. Um, well, it's already a mini guitar. I know, but they could have gone the extra mile and made mini amps. And had Minnie Mouse on him. Yeah. Here's my mini amp, you know? Uh, I don't know. I think it would be cute for, like, for, like, two people to be playing these at the same time and, like, have a duel. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the price is way out of control. 250 each or 400 for both. It should be three. It should be, it should be 150 each at most. Yeah, I actually feel like at this, at this price 200 point, for both. I feel like at this price point, I want it to be more like Disney-fied than it is. Like it's too subtle. I kind of like that it's subtle, but for guitars that are small like this, you expect them to go all out. Like if this was a full-size Epiphone, I would appreciate the subtlety a lot more. Right. But That's what because, I'm saying. For like a mini, I want it to be kitschy. I want it to be like the Hello Kitty Strat. Yeah, I want the one one that is the mini guitar that's Minnie Mouse themed that's pink. It has a bow on it somewhere. I want the Mickey Mouse one to be red, you know, and have a black pit guard, you know, and, and you know, various yeah. other cartoony elements to it. These are just, they're looking too serious for these super, super short scale guitars. Yeah, they look like the kind of thing where uh, if you're starting a Disney themed restaurant that's trying to set itself in like, it's trying to be both Disney themed and... 1960s mod themed. Right. I don't know. I w- if I saw these hanging on the wall in a restaurant, I would laugh because they're miniature electric guitars. Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. Like who's the original target market for these has got to be just kids, right? Like these are these are pickup souvenirs. Yeah, they're mini guitars. They they can't be for anyone else. Well, an adult can play these, Steve. A little adult. Hey, I had a miniature guitar and I was. I was an adult. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's me, though. I can't, you know, I'm not exactly the most normal dude, I guess. I have my quirks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I feel saying. like you're trying to milk a reaction right I, now. I'm, you know, I do things other people don't do sometimes, but I feel, you know, I feel like it's normal for a full-size dude to, to own a child-size electric guitar. Just stop. Okay. I wasn't trying to get at anything. I was just stuck. I, I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Right, right. I think we should just move on. All right. Um, we got this other ad sent in. This is from Paul Pennington. This thing's crazy. Uh, it's uh, Boss OD1 Save the Date. Yeah, so that was my little title okay, for it. It says, this is an early version of the legendary overdrive pedal Boss OD1 from 1979. Uh, circuit revision, blah, 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 means it's the second version of the OD1. First version is something else. Uh, this is a silver screw, momentary LED indicator, and NEC quad op amp, something, 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 of cause made in Japan. 
There are lots of scratches, but working perfectly and sounds so nice. This guy took the best pictures. That is the main reason for grabbing this. I put save the date because the photos that he took looks like he absolutely 100% has to be a wedding photographer, right? Yeah, you actually you mentioned that, and then I looked at the pictures a little more, and these look like your engagement photos. They kind of do. Like, he's taken it out into a grassy field and lovingly placed the boss OD1 into the grass and then stood back like 10 feet and took like a uh, perspective photo of it where like the background and the foreground is blurred out. Yeah. But it's in focus just sitting there in the grass all romantic looking. And then a close-up of it in the grass. And then he does something that is bewildering to me, Steve. Bewildering. Completely bewildering. He opens it up. And has pictures of the circuit laying out of the box. Oh, yeah. In the grass. <laughs> he took this thing apart outside and opened it up. And you can see the circuit board. And there's like pieces of grass coming in and out of like the circuits. Yeah. I do not understand his motivation for doing that when he's asking essentially $300 for this yeah. thing. And also, I'm not finding any that... Uh, I found one that looks like maybe it sold for almost $300, but most of these are a lot cheaper. I don't know if being second edition and having all that information ups the value a ton. Um, I I don't honestly know a lot about the 1979 Boss OD1. I mean, you look at the gut shot, and it's like this was an era of Boss that's very different than any oh. Boss, any oh, boss yeah. pedal I've ever owned in my life. Like, this thing looks hand-wired, right? Like, look at those solders. Like, those little beads of solder, each one looks a little different, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the components look like they're hand-placed, like, and it's on this big piece of brown board. Uh-huh. Everything's got a lot of space in between it. Like, it's pretty wild yeah. to see a boss pedal looking like that. All the all the cables inside are different colors. I'm seeing purple and black and orange and red and green. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in here that just looks very different from a normal boss pedal or what we expect from him today. So I, I have no problem with the price. If he can sell it good for him, it's obvious that there's not a lot of these original ones floating around out there. Yeah. If someone out there is searching for their magic model, this might be the there one. There you go. That's it. I guess. But the photos, jump on our Facebook group, jump on our Instagram. Uh, Steve will put the photos in the uh, show episode notes in the liner no- or yeah. show no- the in, liner notes in the episode description. Um, is a crack up because this is these are easily the artiest photos yeah. I've ever seen on a reverb in my life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so did we do our housekeeping earlier? No, you know what we didn't. Uh, we thanks for the reminder. Now. I want to thank uh, Tommy Helmgren. He joined us uh, supporting at the best friends level, $5 a month. Uh, Steve, how? what percent sure are you that you got his last name right? I'm silencing a J. Okay. I'm leaving everything else intact. Uh, it, if you silence the H and not the J, then it would be Jelmgren. Write us and let us know or comment on I think it's Helmgren. the group and let us know how close we got to saying your name right. I, did, I didn't even try. I'm putting Steve on blast, and I did not yeah. even try. Um, we also had two guys join the inner circle, which is our $10 level. So at the best friends level, you get all of our regular merch that we produce uh-huh. uh, for free just for supporting. Well, it's not for free because you're supporting, but yeah, we will send it to you. So right now, that's a shirt and some stickers. Um, and at the inner circle level, you get a shirt and stickers. And uh, sometimes we come up with like bonus fun items that may or may not become regularly scheduled. I see only items like the barefoot buttons. I think the barefoot buttons are going to be regular. Um, Everyone who joins Inner Circle for the time being, as far as I can see in the future, is going to get a super secret barefoot button. When we did the uh, hashtag Kyle Smithing stickers, those were uh, Inner Circle only as well. Also, uh, if you join the Inner Circle, you get a month of gear supply strings for free. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Eric Eric Veronik. Veronik? That's, that one's worse for me. You sound really sure on that one, Steve. Uh, that's one. And he's local, so maybe we can get some hangs on sometime. Hey, that'd be fun. And, uh, and Zach Wright. So thanks, guys, for supporting us. If you want to know more about supporting the show, head on over to 60cyclehomecast.com. 
click support the show. Learn yep. more. It'll take you where you need to go. Uh, let's thank our sponsors again. Yep. We're going to thank our sponsors, Sinusoid. Go check them out. And they fed us They oh. fed us all kinds of good, good food at NAM. Yep. Burritos. They were cool hangs, too. Really cool guys to hang out with. Yep. And uh, thanks to Barefoot Buttons, without uh, whom we could not do the Inner Circle Barefoot Button. Absolutely not, because the product wouldn't exist if they didn't exist. Um, but they have been very gracious to to uh, to help provide these special treats for our Inner Circle, who... You know what? While we're here, let's thank the Inner Circle. We spent some time advertising the Inner Circle, but let's yeah. let's thank them because let's be honest, they bankrolled our whole trip to Nam. Yeah, they bankroll all the merch that you guys get to buy and that we get to do trades with with other builders at Nam and stuff like that, or yep. other people that we know. Um, the Inner Circle is the grease that keeps this engine going as far as money goes. Yep. So big thanks to those guys. All right, how about that song, Steve? Uh, this song was sent in by Andrew Ruseboom. Uh, maybe Ruseboom? Ruseboom? I don't know. This is a tough name episode. It's a tough name episode for Steve, guys. Just get take it easy on Steve. He doesn't mean it. He wants to get your names right. So uh, anyway, uh, he said that he's been enjoying the songs at the end of most episodes and decided to send one in. Uh, he says, here's a song I wrote for the band I used to play in until we got married and had kids. Is that... Is that the name of the band? Did he get married to, to the band? Um, I'm not sure. Or he's or he, he's saying that everyone in the band got married and had kids. Maybe the everyone in the band got married to each other and had... I don't know. Anyway. Band kids? He says, uh, I recently recorded it in two home studios, a.k.a. my basement and my <laughs> friend's spare bedroom. The cool bit of info is the equipment used on this track uh, is that he used a 1933 or 1934 uh, National El Troubadour for the Resonator. Wow. And he used a modern Martin and a Les, Paul, a Les Paul and a Telecaster into a Maz 18. And personal shout out to Sean Cochran for playing bass and helping him record. And to Nathan Cloyton. Gosh, these names. <laughs> Nathan Cloytenberg. Cloytenberg. Jeebus. Uh, for laying down the drums. <laughs> Uh, oh man, uh, Steve is assaulted. Bad. Steve is assaulted by all your guys' whack What's names. What's funny is he, so he says, "I'm curious as to how Ryan might pronounce slash mispronounce my last name." He has, butcher, he has butchered so many other names that he might just get this one right out of pure Show luck. Show to me. Show it to me. Let me know, and I'll send a pronunciation guide. Uh, so this song is called San Francisco. I'm going to show this uh, to Ryan. Show me the name. It's the last name? No, the it's the first name. How do you pronounce that first name? Oh, the Nathan Nathan's last name? No, the the at the bottom. Andrew's the name. last name. Yes. Uh uh Ruseboom. Roseboom? I feel like you're trying to put an accent on no, it. I feel like there should be an accident on it. Ru Ruseboom. <laughs> Ruseboom? Oh my gosh, I feel awful right now. I don't know. <laughs> Ruseboom. Yeah, I've been trying. Maybe Rose it's Boom? Rosaboom. Rosa, maybe it's Rosaboom. Rosa maybe it's like Rose, Roosevelt. Andrew like Rosaboom. Rosaboom. That feels good on my mouth. Yeah. All right. Like the way that comes off your mouth? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, this uh, Again, the song is called San Francisco. Thank you, Andrew, for sending it in. Right, see you guys next week. Bye.
learned to swim in San Francisco I learned to live, live with this life Now I'm leaving San Francisco Please give me time to say goodbye That's where I found my love That's where I'll lose it Give me time to say goodbye